0: Today we're talking about more methods of alternative financing when trying to buy a small business. Today, we're talking about the terms of sale. I'm David C. Barnett and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing and managing small and medium sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things. I talk to interesting people and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it. Yes, the like button is very important. Please, please hit the like button. It doesn't cost you anything, but it does a lot for the channel. It helps the YouTube algorithm to know that this is good content that they should put in front of other people. So today we're going to be talking about the terms of sale. Now, when most small businesses get going, and I know you're here to learn about buying a business, but most of the businesses that you bought will be started by uh, the seller in most cases. And so they got into business, they were very hungry for sales. They went out there, they hustled, they met potential customers looking for that sale. Now, Some industries, it's basically assumed that you pay at the point of sale, like retail, restaurant, etc. You go in, you pick up a pair of shoes, you pay for them at the cash before you leave. But if somebody gets into a business that sells to other customers, the assumption or other businesses, rather, the assumption can be that those people have time to pay, that there will be some kind of payment terms, usually net 30 days, for example. So, These businesses will get going and they're hungry for sales and they will never stop to actually create a credit policy. They'll just kind of let the customers push their desires on them because they feel like they have to serve and accept what the market will give, especially when they're new. And I've seen businesses that are 30 or 40 years old that have never taken the time to create a formal credit policy. They just give everyone 30 days. Right. Or, and people abuse it. They pay in 45 or 60 days and they don't say or do anything. What does this mean? Well, it means that one of these businesses, when you come and take a look at it, they're going to have receivables on their balance sheet, meaning that the customers owe them money. When you evaluate that business, you're going to come to the realization that the business requires a certain amount of operating capital in order to function. This means that part of the discussion with the seller is going to be over what amount of working capital is needed and is forms part of the business acquisition, whether or not you're doing an asset or a share sale. So in a, in a share sale, you define how much net working capital is left in the business when you take over the shares. In an asset sale, what this is going to mean is how much inventory or receivables will be included in your acquisition on closing deck. So you work out this deal where there's a certain amount of working capital included. However, if you can change the terms of sale with the customers, it can mean that you can generate cash and reduce the amount of receivables potentially, freeing up some money. So how can this be used as a form of financing to buy a business? Well, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned in the seller financing module that sometimes you do something called a deferred down payment. What is this? It's a big chunk of money that is relatively early in the lifespan of your new ownership of the business. So when my ex and I bought the trophy shop, which is a story I've told a few times, um, and we'll put a link to one of those up here. Um, I think it was called something about passive income. One of the features of that deal is that we made a down payment on closing day. There was a seller note but there was a another seller note with a balloon payment, one-time payment, six months after closing. And so oftentimes sellers will look at money received within the you know next few months after closing as being almost as good as money received on closing. I mean, if they don't sell to you, they could spend six months trying to find another buyer, for mm-hmm. example, right? So you negotiate for the business, you put one of these deferred uh, down payments in. And then once you're in the business, then you need to change the terms of sale with the customers. Obviously, there's risks to this. They might say no. If it's a very competitive industry, they might have other options, right? These are the things you have to weigh and measure in doing this transaction. There are two ways to do this, the more risky way and the risky way. So the risky way is with a deferred down payment, where where you then get control the business you have six months now to try to raise this extra money and what you do is you implement a credit policy and you put something like this first of all most small business invoices don't even have a due date people do work they put some paperwork in the office someone in the office creates an invoice they put it in the mail sometimes it takes a week to get to the customer's office they open it up there isn't even a due date on it they put it in a pile 30, 45, 60 days later, they mail a check. That takes another week to get to you. And so this is how you end up with big receivables. Under your new credit policy, what you're gonna do is you're gonna make sure that the day work is done, that an invoice is created and emailed to the customer with the credit policy attached. So the first thing is gonna say is this invoice is due in full by check or ACH or direct withdrawal or whatever, electronic payment by this date. So you put a due date. And maybe even you put, you know, late payments subject to a 2% charge or whatever you want to threaten them with to try to get people to pay on time. Amazingly, if you put a due date, many of your customers will start paying you on time simply because you've now given them an expectation of when you want to be paid. The other part of the credit policy could be something like this. Um, Visa, MasterCard and Amex accepted over the phone within seven days of invoice. So one part of your clientele, they're actually gonna be very successful people who have money that could pay the invoice early, but you have to give them an incentive. And so this might be that they collect credit card points. So these people now pick up the phone and call and they just give a credit card number and they cover off that bill right away. Now we're reducing our receivables and this is how you end up generating that extra cash Uh, because your bank account will grow with all these payments that are coming in faster than ever before. That's how you make the deferred down payment. So that was the risky way. What's the risk? That you can't change the terms of payment, right? There's always a risk that it won't be accepted by the clientele. What's the even riskier way of doing it? Well, the even riskier way of doing it is saying to the seller, look, normally this business requires this amount of working capital, I'm willing to let you take all the receivables and I'll adjust the purchase price. So I get a lower price on closing, you get to collect the receivables. Now I'm basically gambling that I'm gonna be able to come up with a way of getting people to pay sooner uh, unless I have other money of my own to backstock this risky maneuver. Unfortunately, a lot of people get into the risky mode without ever knowing that they're getting into the risky mode because they don't have a full and proper understanding of the working capital requirements of the business that they buy, which is one of the reasons why if you're gonna buy a business, you should be enrolling in Business Buyer Advantage, uh, which is an entire online program about how to buy a business. And there is an entire module in there on share purchases, which just happens to talk a lot about net normal position and working capital, which is a very important concept to understand. If you're gonna buy a business, to understand these working capital requirements. So th- this is this is week number three of our alternative financing series. And I hope that you're enjoying it. Again, this whole series was uh, was inspired by uh, someone on Twitter who said, David, why don't you talk about alternative ways to finance a business acquisition? And if you wanna join me over on Twitter, my handle is at dbarnettmoncton. And, um, and with that, we'll see you next time. Hope you're enjoying your summer and I hope you're enjoying this video series. We'll see you soon. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there all for free. And I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous just like me with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.